0: The First episode of Diaper Dads, I saw uh, I was like, Man, I can't be, I can't wait to be a dad so I can be on Diaper Dad. Like, is- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, let me go get, let me go get ready pregnant so I can get on <laughs> Diaper Dad.
1: <laughs> What's up? Welcome to Diaper Dads. I, you know, I am because you clicked on it and it's on my page or it's whatever, right? Yeah, okay. For those of you that don't know, I am George Two and i want to welcome you to diaper dads it's been a minute um i I want you to really understand that this podcast is in fact for everybody it's the name would suggest otherwise but as we know there's a lot that can be learned um about ourselves when we examine how others approach a shared experience and the experience that we happen to be centered on today is parenthood but mostly through the lens of the father the daddy the papa Whatever you call your dad or whatever role that person plays in your life, that's what we're focusing on today. And it's, it's because there are so many unique relationships and names and roles um, that can be played throughout the journey of this shared experience that this conversation ends up being for everybody. And I know when you get into the niche and you use certain words and you're thinking, well, is this just for fathers? No, it's not just for fathers, right? It's for anybody that happens to play a part Be curious about or want to contribute to the journey of the father. Uh, diaper dads began 85 weeks ago. And I know this because it began on Instagram and they'll tell you, uh, but those highlights of those conversations can still be found there. And it lived on IG because, well, because pandemic, but also because it provided an opportunity for an audience to be a part of and to give feedback towards and raise questions and even talk to each other in the comments. But for this iteration of Diaper Dads 2.0, we want to open the conversation to a larger audience. Much of this will still be available on IG at 2.0-T-W-O-P-O-I-N-T-O-H. But for now, we're going to continue this journey over here, recording at The Gap Studios for Listen To Me Productions. So I'm really excited to begin this new season. Um, So much has changed since I was a father, since I became a father. Um, And because of that... It was really inspiring for me today to have the first guest of this new season be a relatively new father. I'd like to bring in uh, today the first guest of the season who happens to be a really good, great friend of mine. Um, This gentleman is a photographer. He's an activist. He's an activist photographer. He's a collector of graphic tees and limited edition hats. He's a husband. He is a teacher. He's a big smiler, (laughs) and he is an exhibitionist, meaning he has exhibits. That doesn't—I'm not talking. You know, he's not not a nudist, and perhaps the most relevant of all. Of all, uh, he is a new father. So, diaper dads, please welcome to the show, Reggie. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. It's
1: an honor to
0: be here, man.
1: (laughs) What's going on, man?
0: not too much man i did a little bit of uh what you said i do today i had to teach today and definitely was doing the dad thing today um, but now i am here spending time with you my brother and i'm excited to be here
1: Man, yeah, i appreciate it i know um you know even from a schedule standpoint it's always difficult to figure out uh, we happen to randomly facetime each other send links and texts and things like that the things you can get to whenever you want right but it's mm-hmm. difficult to sometimes figure out as much as there are routines being established when in a day you can pull aside time to actually do this. So I really appreciate you doing that. You guys went to the doctor today, right?
0: We went to the doctor today, man. Today was nine month checkup for baby M. Um, It's time is flying. You know, I was talking to my mom today uh, on the way to, to class about just how, you know, he's almost a year old and it just seems like yesterday that we just brought him home. And now, you know, he's, trying to learn how to crawl and and all kind of new stuff so
1: i love it you know when when so when you first um and and this isn't going to actually be a chronological conversation right um but i do want to start with sort of the beginning of the fatherhood journey when you find out you're going to be a father there are certain things that happen right your boys give you advice you start thinking about you know how do i want to like do i want to journal do i want to for you maybe even how do i want to capture this? this this time period was there anything that you planned to do that you actually are doing and is there anything that you planned to do that you were like uh-uh I don't, I actually don't have enough time to do that <laughs> like, um, you-
0: I think the biggest thing that I planned to do I saw this I believe on a Google commercial like years ago where uh when a father found that or, or a man found out he was going to be a father he immediately created a email address for his child um and up until they were 18, wrote periodic emails, um, and then gave you know their child the the password and everything to access those emails when they turn 18. Uh-huh. And wow. I always thought that was an amazing idea. And so it's uh, pretty much when we I believe when we found out that that my wife was pregnant, um, you know we went in, we made the email address, and uh, I started sending him emails. And so periodically I sit down and just you know type up a little quick paragraph and email my son. Um, anything that I didn't do? Hmm. Not yet. Um, mainly because I wasn't sure what fatherhood was going to be like. Um, I didn't grow up around my father, so I didn't really get the example of watching, you know, watching someone father as I was growing up. Um, so I really didn't know what to say that I was going to do for sure, um, that I ended up not doing.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm a content capture as well, or whatever they call it nowadays. And I remember deciding to buy the, you know, the iPhone with the most storage because yeah. I didn't want to think about capturing. Right. So I, you know, and I just was going crazy and I had a couple different cameras set up in the delivery room and all those kinds of things you sort of plan for in the back of your mind. And then, you know, there's the idea of the real responsibility or this or the real, you know, the things that you have to do that sometimes get in the way. And I think because, you know, so much of the journey is different, particularly for those of us that are still dealing with the pandemic. And I say those of us because some people are acting like it, it's not happening anymore, <laughs> anymore, right? It
0: ended long ago.
1: <laughs> like, like they're, you're, you're tired of it, so it's over. Right. Um, there were a lot of things that changed about the journey, you know, for me. Was there anything about where pregnancy and fatherhood fell in the timeline of your life? Or within, you know, what was happening in the world that made you approach it differently than you had already always dreamed you would? Or had you just not really thought about what it would be?
0: Yeah, I mean, being in the middle of a pandemic and having a pregnant wife, um, you know, was was tough. I remember one thing the OBG, the one thing I remember the OBGYN saying for sure was like, don't get COVID, like Mm -hmm. point blank, period don't like, don't risk it. Don't get it. That could be, you know, at the time, especially, you know, very detrimental to, to, uh, you know, your child. Um, I think that especially with my child's special entry into this world, because he, um, didn't have a traditional journey into this world. Um, you know, that definitely changed some things that we, uh, had planned, right. We wanted to do, a. Uh, you know, a baby shower or something like that. We wanted to, it would have been great to go around and visit all family while Brittany was pregnant and to do a maternity shoot. Like we didn't get to do all of those things because he decided to, um, that he was missing out on too much and and wanted to show up a little early, right? Um, So I think that there are those things that you see everyone doing, you know, as you scroll your Instagram feeds and your Twitter feeds and Facebook um, that, you know, we didn't get to do because of a special entry. Um, but I wouldn't go back and change anything about that. I think that you know the the way that he got here and the way that things went were exactly how they were supposed to.
1: You talk about seeing other people and the way that they handle their Instagram or their Twitter feed, and I happen to know um, that you have a, a pretty uh, unique relationship to Twitter, particularly because of you know the, the, the activism that has been such a part of how you've maintained and built relationship um, over that particular platform, and then of course as a photographer. Obviously, Instagram, regardless of what else comes up, right? Instagram happens to be, and even regardless of Instagram saying we don't even want photos anymore, y'all <laughs> <laughs> keep y'all little photos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It still happens to be a platform I know that does a lot for you. Yeah. I wonder, you know, when you start thinking about scrolling through and seeing other people, not even from a comparative standpoint, but you guys have been pretty guarded, as we are as well, about the images of Baby M that are presented. Is there ever a moment when you regret it and you wish that you oh, know? Sure.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, like, of course, I feel like we have the cutest kid in the whole you entire do. world, you right? Do. You do. Um, Only to be rivaled by one Georgie Nubois. I, and,
1: um, and let me tell you, I'm biased on both sides. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, like, you know, you want to you want to show your kid off, right? Especially when they're learning new things. One of the one of the things that baby M uh, got to try for the first time yesterday was solid foods. Right. (sighs) Um, And I made a little video of, you know, his journey into eating solid foods. Would I love to throw that up on Instagram? Of course I would.
1: And I'm going to tell you, I I saw it. And I thought to myself, you know, there's a certain kind of like cadence to those videos that just you're used to seeing them on the platform. And I thought I I almost within the text, our group thread, I almost double tapped it. I was just amazing. Yeah, yeah,
0: second nature. Yeah. Um, I honestly I think that the that the people who struggle with it more than I do, um, it's probably my parents. Um, you know, your grandparents they always want to show off the first grandchild. You know, it's the first grandchild, and so they want to post all the pictures and all that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, telling them like, "Hey, if you're posting a picture, we can't have his face. Um, mm-hmm. we don't share his name." Uh, mm-hmm. We want him to have his entrance into the Internet world on his own accord, yes. uh, as opposed to, you know, us posting a cute picture. And then all of a sudden it goes viral and it's all over Pinterest and the whole world knows who our kid is yeah. um, before he has a chance to get to know the world. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there are definitely times, you know, especially back to school season, you see all the people posting with their kids and what great. Yeah. like, like trust neat. me, we, got, we got <laughs> You know what? Like, the family that Jays together stays together. In our in our motto, on, right? So he's got Jays and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah. you know, if you're if you're lucky enough to be be in in one of our close friends or something like that, then you know you might get a text or yeah. something like that. But um, you know, it's it's worth it to to for his sanity and for his growth to to make that a sacred space.
1: You know, it's interesting. My um, my my dad is the one I think about the most. My dad um, is, you know, Vietnam War vet, only child, South Philly, you know, the dude, right? Yeah. But when he gets around babies, I mean, he's just mush, like absolutely mush. Yeah. And he didn't necessarily get that opportunity during the baby part with Georgie. But what we did do was a lot of photo streaming and a yeah. lot of facetiming right and i think about because even when you know if facetime happens anywhere near georgie she thinks it's for her who's that so, uh-huh. you know, this, this is for papa doesn't you don't have a <laughs> it's
0: a business call, mind your business. Business <laughs> your business
1: but I, you know I, there's been something cool about the way technology has been used and obviously we share a photo stream in that same way that does kind of keep you at you know at pace to sort of be able to go back and see but still feel private and i you know i admire and honestly, I'm relieved when there are other parents that have taken that same approach because it's hard, right? We talk about comparison in terms of having your child show up someplace, but there also is that looking for like community of people that think the way that we do, right? And it's no judgment or shame to anybody who does the other, but to, you know, to your point, you know, your child is a gorgeous human being and would end up on somebody's Pinterest or flyer or whatever, Right. So I really, I appreciate how you approach that as a photographer. How does that work though? Because it's not just about this child being your child and wanting to show because in many ways it's our own progress, right? Right. Like those are hallmarks of what we're doing. Even if it's not us, that kid is, is your kid. But as a photographer, it's even more compounded. And I've seen some, and I'm I'm sure there's a lot that I haven't seen as well. Mm -hmm. How do you get that? Thing that you that you want as a creative and as a father
0: um well you know it's interesting back during the the great black reckoning <laughs> summer of 2020 um you know we when we were going out to protest and stuff um yeah. i stopped taking my my you know professional camera out to those things because i felt like if the police mess up my camera and this is five thousand dollars worth of equipment I'm going to jail, right? <laughs> so um, I bought like a little point a little um, point and shoot kind of camera um, that I literally take with me everywhere. Um, I keep mm. it in my pocket. Um, it's in, always in a bag. If I have a bag with me, it's in a coat pocket. If I've got a jacket on, um, always ready to, to create those moments. And part of the reason I started doing that too was because, you know, when the pandemic happened, um, we didn't know how long it was going to last then, right? They were talking about a couple of weeks or something like that. And we went a long time without seeing a lot of our friends. And, mm-hmm. and at this point, you know, a couple two and a half, almost three years into it, there's still a lot of friends that we haven't seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took it upon myself to start uh, capturing moments because you never know when you're going to have those type of moments again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I carried that with me into parenthood as well. Um, whenever, you know, we had company over to the house or we've taken him somewhere or something like that. I always take my camera with me because you just never know when you're going to have an opportunity for that particular moment again right um and and the truth is that actual specific moment will actually never happen again you can recreate it right um but that specific moment will never ever ever happen again and so you might miss out on something that you want to create as a memory um part of the reason i do that too is we don't you know i grew up in a house full of photo albums my mom kept all the family's photo albums for the, our entire family and I grew up around that knowing who all these cousins and aunties mm-hmm. and uncles and all this stuff were um, and so the more I, I can continue to to carry on that tradition and chronicle our family and what we're doing and all of those things the better
1: and it's hard to revise the photo album you can you can archive <laughs> you can, you can archive that feed but that that one time that you slept on your hair too long on the left side that's gonna be yeah, in that yeah, dusty book yeah. on the coffee table.
0: <laughs> yeah, buddy. I mean, that's why like you. I got the highest uh, capacity phone when it came I knew out. Got to do it. I I
1: got to do it. What uh, what are you sh- the point and shoot that you move with? I mean, since you know there are some people that are tuned into the fact that you're a photographer, yeah. I'm sure they're wondering what they can <laughs> what they can carry. What are you shooting with?
0: Uh, so first, I got a. Uh, it was a Fuji Film X100T. It was a display camera at Best Buy. It was kind of beat up. I think I paid like three four hundred dollars for it. Um, and I really fell in love with, you know, the color science and how it reproduced photos and all that. And so I ended up upgrading it uh, about a year ago to a Fujifilm X100V. Um, and I I really love it. It's one of my it's actually probably my favorite camera uh, to shoot with.
1: And I'll tell you what, for those of you listening, I don't know if, you know, and those of you watching, you can see over my, over my left shoulder. Uh, <laughs> that, it, <laughs> that is evidence that you never ever go into the camera shop with Reggie Cunningham because you will okay, come my, out.
0: my evidence of never going in the camera shop with George 2.0 is upstairs. Okay, so let's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, y'all, you guys are listening to Diaper Dads with George 2.0. Our guest today is Reggie Cunningham. When we come back, we have the opportunity um to allow into the conversation two people that are always in conversation with us at all times our wives who have given us some questions that they're curious about us answering about our role in fatherhood and because they know us really well they'll kind of know whether or not we're giving the truth interestingly before we got on this call we asked our wives whether or not they could give us a question um that we could answer that would be a part of this discussion because in, in Reggie, correct me if I'm wrong. They love being a part of our discussions. I mean, every yes, time. They do. I'm going to go out on a limb and and guess that there's going to be some similarities between both of our wives' questions. Probably I, so. Probably
0: not
1: gonna so. Not going to be surprised if they're branches from the same tree, right? <laughs> uh, all right, I'll go first. Let's see here. Um, Jovian asks. Ooh, this is good. Um, Jovian and I didn't. I yeah, I should have actually looked at this a little bit earlier. Um, Jovian asks, what do you admire about yourself as a father? Wow. Um, You know, I appreciate the question because uh, it gives me room or license to give myself an attaboy or attagirl, as it were, right? And I think that, um, or out of them. Um, And actually, that's kind of leading into what I think (laughs) my answer is, right? I think that the thing that I admire the most about myself as a father is my willingness to uh, no matter how slow, no matter how begrudgingly, (laughs) but my ultimate willingness to give up former conditions, former thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, former patterns, um, even former routines. There are things that I am willing to do uh, for my daughter that I did not think I was going to be willing to do there are things I'm willing to con- willing to consider that I was not prior to being a father um and I think that what it ultimately leads to is my desire for her to have an opportunity to engage the world as she sees fit and to trust herself as opposed to whatever bias um routine um, that I put on her you know apart from the idea of look both ways before you cross the street and other th- and don't touch that that's hot things that I'm going to be pretty <laughs> specific <laughs> and unforgiving about i find that as she gets older and she approaches things whether that's in her fake kitchen putting ketchup on her ice cream i'm like okay hey try it it might be good <laughs> you might have discovered something and i think that that you know while that's funny i think that that leads to a style of parenting that allows her to trust herself sooner um, than Mm. another style would. Right. And that's ultimately what I want. Like I I want her to get to the place where she believes enough about herself and the world she understands and her continued connection with her higher power. um, Should she decide to continue using that pronoun Mm. (laughs) to be able to answer questions for herself, to be able to make decisions for herself because she knows for herself. And so I think, you know, to answer the question specifically, the thing I admire the most is my flexibility. Cause I wouldn't necessarily have called myself a flexible person in certain areas, but Mm. she has opened me up in a way that makes me realize that there are other answers and maybe she's the one to discover them. And so learning together and revisiting things that were so concrete to me before (laughs) and allowing them to be just a little bit more elastic, um, yeah. Is the thing that I w- I'm surprised about, but I also admire in myself uh, as a father.
0: Yeah, I think what's what's beautiful about that too is, in addition to inspiring her to seek out those answers, it also inspires her to keep asking questions too. Right. Yes. Um. You know, to so often we stifle our children's imagination because we don't have the imagination that they have, and so we start to limit them. Um, and so. Sometimes rigidity is what really really leads to that, right? And so maintaining your flexibility as it relates to anything that she does encourages her to keep asking, "Well, why not?" Right? That somebody says this can't be that way. Why why not? Right? Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, that is literally how we change the world by asking, "Why can't this be this way?" Right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about laws in this country, they were all made up. Everything purely made up. Somebody made it up. Um, so why can't it be different, right? Um, The other thing that's beautiful about that question that I love is, I don't know about you, but for me, so much of me analyzing myself as a father is critique mm. uh, as opposed to laudatory. Yeah. Um, so for so often, like I look at something, I'm like, ah, damn, I messed that up. I got to do this next time. Ah, yeah. I can do this better next time. I can say this a different way, you mm-hmm. know, or Next time, you know, he didn't sleep through the night because I didn't do this. Let me try to critique. But to be able to say, no, actually, like, I'm a damn good dad. Like, this is something that I do really, really well. Um, And it's, you know, clap for me. Gas me up. Right. Uh, That's really beautiful. And I know, especially for me, because I didn't have um, my father around to model those things for me is especially important for me to do um, because it's easy to fall into that critique side. Um, because I didn't see what was the good things to do, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's that's beautiful. Um, you are absolutely correct in that our questions are similar from our wives.
1: <laughs> Who's surprised?
0: <laughs> um, like you, I did not come up with an answer beforehand either. Um, We're just mainly, be honest, yes,
1: that's all. Yeah, I mean, mainly
0: because my wife is a pro- procrastinator and sent me my question right before Ooh. you record. Yeah, so if you've got a, the sound of a bus backing up and uh, over, that might be more, more apt um, uh, but the question is what traits of yours do you most and least hope to pass on to our sweet boy which she always knows how to ask me a question that is a, a whammy So
1: and, and uh, least the
0: Gosh. least part is the part that's like getting me right so the most, I think, I would say, um, how much I love my my people, my friends, and my family, right? In the ways that I show up for them, um, I try to be there for the people that I love and support them in whatever way that that I would want them to show up for me. Um, and so that is one of the biggest traits that I really, really hope to pass on to him is to just show up for his friends, yeah. Um, especially being. Uh, for myself, a kid that didn't grow up around family, my friend relationships were yes. so important to me, right? Um, they were. I didn't grow up with a, a older brother. I didn't have a little brother until I was already 10 years old. And so mm-hmm. uh, the people I went to school with and the people I played with in the neighborhood were the people that were family to me, right? Um, I got to choose that family. And I imagine that it's probably going to be similar for him because uh, a lot of his family is in St. Louis. And I don't imagine that we will move back there, right? Right, right? So he will know his family, but he won't, he won't grow up around them. And so his family is going to be who he chooses it to be. Um, hopefully we've modeled that by the village that we've created. We call our R&B village um, that we've created that have shown up for us in amazing ways. Um, so he can use that as a model and he can use the way that we interact with them um, as a model as well. And so that's one of the biggest traits I hope to pass on to him. Um, the one that ooh, least... There's so many, man. <laughs> like, there's so many <laughs> things about me that I, I I would hope that he doesn't carry on. Um, yeah, don't get, get
1: don't yourself get in trouble, him. you know. <laughs>
0: Look, on <Don't get
1: laughs> yourself now, right? <laughs> um,
0: what would I least want to carry on? I think that I would least want him to carry on traits that developed in me because of childhood traumas that I experienced um and so that's a myriad of different things right but through my own work in therapy i've been able to identify where they come from um and try to do the work not to pass those things on to him so uh for one of them is a is a big fear of failure right i i really hate messing up and and letting people down because i fear failing people Mm. um and so at times in my life that has been debilitating it has kept me from doing things and trying certain things I don't want ever I don't want him to ever be afraid of trying something. Um, I think that I can get defensive sometimes because of um, my relationship that I had with my stepfather um, there was several times because of our relationship and he was the father he was right even though he actually was not right right yeah, true. Yeah, true. Um, And so I felt the need to always de- defend myself and explain myself um, and I still fight that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I hope, um, I hope that he doesn't pick up. I hope that he doesn't see me do that and then start to mimic that, that same behavior as well. Um, those are the, those are the first two things that really, really come to mind for me as traits I would not want to pass on to him.
1: I think that, uh, and, and of course, knowing them as we do, I think that in some ways it speaks to, um what I think they appreciate about us as fathers. I think that they sort of had an idea of what some of those answers might be. Um, but also at the same time, as they are want to do, pushing us towards a deeper thought process around it. Right. Uh, and then to being even more vulnerable, knowing that, that we have created the safe space. So to so the wives, appreciate that. Um, as we close out, Reg, I want to know, and this might be a difficult question. Um, and as I listen to you, to sort of bookend it, thinking about some of the ways in which you've been thoughtful in terms of preparing the email address for baby M, um, some of the ways in which you've been careful in terms of the way that you share, but are also recognizing that you want, despite not being able to share as broadly as you might have under other circumstances, you want baby M to understand community and friendship and tribe. Mm-hmm. To bookend on that that backside of it, um, and, you know, and as we know, you're never done being a parent. That's what our parents you know tell us, right? but there is a point I imagine that you come to where an event happens um an acknowledgement from your child takes place. something occurs that make you say mm-hmm. i did it! I did it like mm-hmm. i got and for some people it's like i got I got him or her to college or whatever the 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 benchmark yeah you see what I'm saying do you have in mind yet? sort of an, an echelon that baby M will get to or that you and B will get to where you're like, okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have actually, I've, I've done, I'm going to still do more, <laughs> but this kid's okay. You know,
0: um, his mother is one of the purest hearted, best people that I know, like mm-hmm. hands down. And I, I've told her that several times over the years, and so he has a lot to live up to in that, in that department. Yeah. Um, but I think that I don't know if there's like a, a plateau point that'll make me feel that way. But I think that there'll be certain points along the way that let me know like, yeah, we're doing, we're we doing it right. Right. Um, and I think that for me, it'll be seeing him be a, a really just good person just like his mom is a good kind kid um i think that is that is what i want for him right to just be a good hearted kind loving person to meet everything with love that's one of the things that that my wife does so well is whether people are criticizing her whether people are lauding her whatever it is she meets it with love
1: How do they do that? How do they, can? well, you know, let me consider what they were thinking about. No, I'm not considering nothing. I'll
0: be like, am
1: I a bad person? Like, what is
0: going on, right? Um, But I I want him to be able to meet uh, the world with love in the same way that his mom does. And I think that is, you know, whether it be sharing a toy when he's in preschool or letting somebody, you know, who couldn't afford a notebook in his class have one of his notebooks. I mean, like, literally... Any of those things, um, I think would be just benchmarks along the way that let me know, you know, hey, it may not have been perfect, but we, we're we doing it right here and he's, he's good.
1: Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I also really appreciate um, your vulnerability and your time. Um, and also, I appreciate your contribution. I think that one of the things that we can do, particularly in this world as it's spinning to some, some would say out of control is our, our contribution to our children um and just your thoughtfulness around being a father you know, even at this point is something that i can already recognize um is to be lauded and to be applauded and so i really appreciate you uh, for that contribution and for your time i um i think it's almost criminal that we have not been <laughs> uh to see uh baby m yet but i awesome. can't I guarantee that it is coming sooner than later, but, um, yeah. yeah, we'll make it happen. We definitely will. And I really appreciate you making this time today, Reg, I really do.
0: I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you and Jovian being such an amazing model for marriage, for parenthood. I mean, for moving through life, y'all have just been, uh, such a blessing to us, especially since we got married and, um, we just, we, I can't explain to you how much we appreciate y'all.
1: I appreciate it too, man. And I, as I, I. In- because of the way that you brought partnership into this conversation, because of how much you have to say about your partner in this parenting journey. I also want to tip my hat to you as an incredible husband. Um, And I think that that partnership is something that baby M is going to see. And it's going to lead to that moment where you'll say we did something right. (laughs) Definitely. I appreciate
0: that, man. Thank you.
1: I'll see you next time, bro. All right, bro. For those of you that are thinking about having a kid uh, who are on your first kid, your second kid, your 20th kid, or maybe even your first grandchild. uh, We want to offer Diaper Dads to you as a safe space where you can talk about the fatherhood journey with other fathers, where you can raise questions and see what experiences you might want to glean from and or share as we all share the responsibility, the privilege of this fatherhood journey. I am George 2.0 and this has been Diaper Dads.